what else been going on with you so it seems like when i was reading your books well actually i read this one so mm -hmm. i thought this was this is like a continuation of of this one yep right? so oh, yeah. this is like part two a continuation of this story i thought it was like like a new like you know like uh like a new story like a new, new lifetime. You know, like, yeah new lifetime or something like that so i was like okay this is cool it it made me ask certain questions in my mind and i was like all right need to write this one down need, need to jot this one down and it sounds like you're still working with another practitioner i know you're in hawaii now you, you know i don't know if you still work with sarah at all but it sounds like you're working with two other practitioners correct yeah, I'm pretty much open to working with lots of different practitioners because I've realized there's a lot of different methods and there's a lot of different ways of doing things. And to be honest, I just want to keep learning. I want to learn as much about whatever this is. I feel like I've only mm -hmm. hit like the tip of the iceberg. And now that I'm aware that there's more out there, I just kind of want to go with it and see who comes into my life, what ends up happening and what I end up learning from all of it. So... You're going to be like Dolores Cannon with uh, 13 some odd books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, the amount of sessions that I have done already, I have enough material for probably at least 13 books, if not more. So oh, wow. Yeah. wow. As I find time, I just sit and I keep writing them and looking and focusing and seeing how it all fits together. So before we talk about uh, the book that I have in front of me, you mentioned earlier that you have a third book. So where do you think this is all going and where you think you're being led to because it's it's interesting you know I, I read Sarah's book and it, you can kind of see the direction that it's taken her mm -hmm. um what's your opinion now since you're on your third and you, you probably have even more information coming as well where do you think this information is taking you down and, and what you're trying to not trying to explore but what information is coming forward to you you got it. Well, the first book we looked at, and I focus mostly on Atlantis and Lemuria. The second book is based out of New York City in the 1970s, and it's the most recent life the time that I had before this one. So they, the first two definitely match up. They kind of mirror each other in a lot of ways, even though it's an ancient and a very newer, you know, a newer story there. The third book comes in, it's another lifetime that I had regressed when I was doing some uh, healing with QHHT with Sarah after I had given birth to my fourth child. And I had a very difficult labor, a very difficult delivery. Two weeks after my C-section, my C-section reopened and oh. I would... I was in a lot of pain and I, I was having a lot of trouble just healing and I couldn't understand, you know, why, well, why I had four children and like, you know, my stomach cut open. But anyway, <laughs> you know, like why? I, I, what happening? <laughs> I, I couldn't like stop, but I couldn't move. It was one of those situations. So Sarah came over to my home and helped me with some QHHT one afternoon. And this is all coming from that one session. And in the session, I was aware of being in a land that is was would one day become Sumeria, like Sumer. And it was a very pre-ancient time to it. And there was something that happened between my father 
and these men that came to take all the young women from the village, these men that came from somewhere else. And they, we were prophesied for years and prepared to go with these men when they came back after like the ice age was over, when our people came out from underneath the grounds, out of the caves, the survivors. And we were preparing to become these brides or these, these bearers of life for these men. And this was the lifetime that like I, I basically um, was shown when I was asking for the healing from my C-section, which I did get and I didn't understand it at the time. So I kind of just put it up on a shelf. But now I've come to learn, I think that these people were, were people from the home planet or similar to the home planet, another planet that's like Earth that was coming here to basically mine things and to take things. And after the ice age, they came back to come and get us. And it's all about these women and how we basically had to like, like kind of hide from these aliens for our entire lives in order to continue this breeding program, if that makes any sense. Okay. All right. So this is in the third book, I'm assuming, right? Yep, this, and it will tie in with the other two books. It will definitely be a continuation of the story, but that's just to kind of give you an idea. What I've come to hear from other people who I've explained it to is they think it's the Anunnaki that um, were coming back in an earlier time to try to, you know, the daughter, what, what I'm actually calling the book, The Daughters of Man. Okay. Just, you know, in relation to the biblical quote that refers to, the the sons of gods merged you know came onto the women the daughters of man and i think just all within that realm i'm trying to explore that past life in the middle east or what would later become the middle east and interesting see what relation um, has to now for me i'm kind of smiling because that's one of the things i always couldn't wrap my mind around like the whole part with the anunnaki the sumerian times and everything there seems to be some missing pieces to, you know, some questions to be explored, you know, and some of it lines up and it jives with what other people are saying. And then you, you listen to other sessions and all and so on. And it kind of gives you a little bit of a nugget to something else that that, hey, look, you know, whether it's Zachariah Stitchin or whoever came up with this information and was translating these tablets, they were kind of making it sound like the Anunnaki was all bad. But when you listen to some other session, I would love to read your book to find out like, you know, what's going on, on from your point of view, because it seems like these beings will come here and to other planets as well. We weren't the only ones and they'll try to advance civilizations and help them out with technology. They show a lot of love. But when you hear the other stories, like, no, we were slaves. They were keeping us as slaves. They, they wanted gold. They wanted this and they wanted that. So I'm like, okay, so which one is it, you know? And then there's there's a lot of pieces missing from that. But I'm smiling because I'm like, I was like, how, how does, you know, look how the universe works. You know, you're looking for a little bit of information. You're looking for <laughs> something. And then next thing you know, you do an interview and you're talking about a third book. And you're like, yeah, this was going to have the Anunnaki and Sumerian times. You're like, awesome. Good. Good. <laughs> Good. I'm glad that picks your interest because I, 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 I spent a lot of my younger years working as a journalist in the Middle East and, and, you know, working all around. And I could never really understand what my fascination was with, 
you know, especially in the early 2000s when, you know, the whole war in the Middle East began or whatever you want to call that, whatever disaster that ended up becoming. So I, I think it's very relevant now to start looking at it and seeing as we're watching, like, you know, that area of the world kind of try to rebuild itself and still be crumbling in so many ways. And just to go back to that point and say, I have looked though at some other people's interpretations of that now. I, I've looked at a couple that people have recommended online and you're mm -hmm. right, there is a lot of, they loved us as, you know, as, as uh, aliens or they, they were coming here to mine gold and they hated us and we were a slave race. But I think, you know, if, it, why can't we, it have all happened, you know? History and time is so long, right. that, so right. much that right. does go on. And it's hard to say that, you know, maybe while there were good ones that did mm -hmm. come and did come in love, there were bad ones who came. That thought crossed my came, mind. You know, just like there's there's people, like there's good and bad in all of us and good right. and bad all amongst society and the way we like to portray ourselves and be seen, you know? So right. I, it's a little exactly. bit, there's more than just the missing link. I think it's kind of involved in a lot of our societal roles too, to be honest as well now. Right, right. And, you know, you, I'm not too sure of the time frame, but let's say it was thousands of years. Let's say it was good intentions in the beginning, and then a thousand years go by, then those good intentions become bad intentions, and you're like, oh, yeah, now you can see all the negative, but but in the beginning, it started off good. Just like uh, it reminds me of the time of Atlantis, you know, everything was starting off kind of good. It was getting better, and then next thing you know it, they got in trouble with playing around with DNA and, and viruses and so on. Now they're in trouble and now things get another layer of worse and then another layer that is getting digressing and everything and things weren't getting better, you know, and mm -hmm. then it goes from good to bad, you know, and, and that when I understand it was like thousands of years, you know, like time frame. So it kind of makes you wonder same thing you know with the sumerians and anunnaki you know yeah and i'll let you explore that one <laughs> definitely i know i think there's so much we've lost due to like the ice age that happened and just it kind of was like a global reset for our society for a long time and mm -hmm. i think there's a lot that gets misinterpreted in that those early days after we first emerged from you know our what i felt were you know a lot of the cave dwellings a lot of the underground cities that you see now that we're starting to uncover and develop. Yes, matter of fact, I saw a video, a, yeah. not a video, but it was on Instagram, and then my friend shared it on his uh, Instagram page, and, you know, and I was like, yeah, I remember that whole story. It, something like, it's going to take them years to explore that underground city that they discovered. Right. And it's just all one the of them. And yeah, all from the Middle East, before. Turkey, all throughout that whole region, they connect to each other as well. If you go through the right ones into the mm -hmm. right regions. Yeah. So, you know, it, it leaves a lot to me to look at and say, well, you know, I talk about the caves in my second book, you know, in the gift of the stars, where I recount a lifetime where I was living in the caves and came out of the caves at the end when we finally emerged. And I think there's just, there's a lot, there's a lot of our history that's in there that we just don't understand as well. And, Absolutely. you know, <laughs> looking forward to writing about it. Oh my goodness. So that's in the third book and you're writing that one now, I'm assuming. I'm writing that and I'm hoping to have that done by the end of the year. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. You're going to yeah. be a busy big. And that, and that 
information for that book that came from a session that you had with Sarah, correct? One session that I had with, with wow. Sarah. All that information. Wow. It was a lot of information. And now that I, I've gotten really good at just doing a lot of automatic writing, if I can go into like a, a you know, a hypnotic state mm -hmm. and I'm able to just write a lot of stuff down on my own and just kind of go from there with it and see like what, you know, if I remembered something from a dream, let's see what that was. Or if I, like something just kind of catches me funny and I have this weird like whiff of a memory, I can go back and kind of see a little bit more and at first, it may not add up, but when you fill a book up with stuff like that and then you put it all together, you realize like you've just got a big jigsaw puzzle in a box and you've got to fit it all up. So, gotcha. Well, if you ever... to my madness, <laughs> yeah. If you ever need, I don't know if you ever had a session online or whatnot, but if since you're able to, sounds like you're able to put yourself in a trance and so on. And you mentioned automatic writing. If you ever want me to ask some questions, you tell me the questions. I can ask them. I can throw in a little twist here every now and then as well. So nice. Thank you. I'm always interested in just learning more from people and seeing the difference in technique and what information opens up because of the certain energies between people. So definitely, definitely. Absolutely. Thank you. Nice. Well, that's the third book, but tonight we're going to talk about your second book even though we talked about your first one we did don't forget did. if you're watching this video she does have a first one and uh child of the universe i know it's probably backwards on the screen but hopefully it flips <laughs> looks good to me unless my mind's just auto-corrected okay. yeah perfect so on top of that tonight we're going to talk about your second book so I'll let you begin. What would you like to share? If, if you just met someone in an elevator and you're like, hey, I'm on this second book and someone was asking, you, oh, what's it about? What would you say? <laughs> this book answers a question that I asked myself uh, during one of my first hypnosis sessions with Sarah Bressman Cosme. And I wanted to know what my past life was before this time. I was just curious as to, mm -hmm. you know, where, where I had come from, what had led into this lifetime. And that's what this book is about. But it was very disturbing when I first found out that in that lifetime, I was young and I had ended up taking my own life and jumping off a bridge. I couldn't understand like why I would want to do that I just don't have that inclination in this lifetime I've never you know what I mean felt the need to go and do something like that so it was surprising sorry this is a really long elevator pitch isn't it <laughs> oh no uh-uh this elevator is going we're all ears lower, we're like this <laughs> so with this book I, I I looked at what this lifetime was um, after I had finished writing Child of the Universe and I understood my lifetime in Atlantis and Lemuria. And the further I got to understanding this past lifetime that happened in the 1970s in New York, I was a young woman named Christy and uh, like the Lower East Side of New York City at the time, which wasn't the nicest part of New York City. It was very dangerous. I had a mother who was a single mother at the time and married a man who was very abusive to both of us. And I lived a life as a young person in, in a lot of fear, but I also lived a very special life as a young person that I wasn't fully aware of till I became an older person. And in that, I was um, experiencing visitations from what many people would call maybe like an extraterrestrial, maybe another, an, you know, a different type of being. 
a trans-dimensional being, whatever it is that you want to label it as. But I was able to, you know, kind of communicate with things or other beings in my dream. Right. Is this, you mentioned the being three? Yes. Was that it? Were there others as well, or was it mostly three that uh, comes through? It was mostly three that would come through, and the images of these children that I called, they were the star children. And in these dreams that I would have as a young person, I would dream of these young little little beings, and they looked like human hybrids, like alien-human hybrids. They had very large, big, beautiful eyes, and they were just kind of beautiful to look at. That's the best way I can describe them. You'd look at them, and you'd be awestruck with them, like almost hypnotized looking at them at what like perfection or, you know, and they didn't look almost like us. So it was very different. You know, you kind of looked at it and you went, yes, that is the evolution. That is like where we're going. It's so, like, so beautiful. They look cartoonish in a almost way. Almost in a way. So mm -hmm. charismatic. So just almost like a twinkle in their big, beautiful eyes of them looking at us and like smaller noses. And, you know, not something you would typically go and say, oh, that's beautiful, but it was something in the dreams that she, I, I remember clearly her expressing this like amazement and this awe at them, that they were just these miracles that were there. And um, she related to them only to find out that the dreams that she was having of these, these star children were actually just past life memories she was having. They weren't dreams of children from somewhere else and that she was actually a hybrid child herself. And had been in her past incarnations. That's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. So through the course of her childhood, though, her, her abusive childhood kept it so, you know, uptight that she was never really allowed to understand it any further. She just had to keep to herself and keep quiet. So it's not until many years later when she's living at her boyfriend's house that... Uh, she has a chance encounter with someone who does hypnosis and begins to get these past life memories out of her. And everything just goes nuts. <laughs> a whole lot of stuff to unpack here. And what, what I always thought was very, very interesting. So you're having a past life regression with Sarah. And then in, in that past life regression, you're Christy in New York City. Mm -hmm. And then they're having a past life regression in their session. So it's kind of like you went from one past life to another loop and everything. And that was the, the shocking and amazing stuff is like, not only did you go to two levels, you went like, you know, multiple levels and everything. And then you mentioned the dreams and stuff. So what was that like? You having a past life regression and you're recalling a dream? Yeah. Was that like, was, did it feel like a dream? Did it feel real or? Well, it felt just like information, like okay. pretty much with the same of all the rest of my sessions. It kind of just feels like I'm getting a download of some form. And then suddenly as I'm like processing it, I start to understand what that information is and I process it and put it into the order it needs to go into. I never really feel like emotionally attached to my stuff that, that deeply in my sessions. You know, it's just kind of more of an, I wouldn't say like an interpretation, but like a translation at, at the moment. It's when I re-listen to them. That's kind of when I start getting a little emotional about stuff. You know, <laughs> I tell you what, when I was reading a book, I was like, I felt so sad and you know sad for you i was like oh why she had to experience all that and you know but i think i think that all of it had a reason for it and a purpose for it because you know i'm reading and i'm like oh i feel so bad for you you know you know for christy and so on and 
and I knew it was connecting to this lifetime of you. There were some connections to it, whether it was met, uh, physical, medical, spiritual, and so on. But you can see the connections between it. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I was like, all right, I just have to read through it. I know, you know, I'm reading through it. I'm like, just got to keep going with it. Because <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know, the, I kind of know the story of it from reading the other book and everything. So I'm like, all right but but it was very interesting your book also goes into a little bit of details that wasn't in you know whether it's sarah's book you know it's kind of up there the journey to atlantis and so on her second book's behind that book i thought that was cool or very interesting that so in new york city and you could tell me if it's okay to talk about this subject but but they wind up putting you into a insane asylum you know or, or a medical place i don't know what it was called but that individual dana shows up i don't know if i'm pronouncing her her name right danny danny what are the odds that she shows up at the same place that you're at right you know, from a childhood playing around with the red crystal and and speaking of red crystal that's the name of the the publishing company red crystal Yes, TV. <laughs> I opened that up this uh, last year just to kind of. I, I have a lot of things I'm doing with the books and audio books and translations, and mm -hmm. it kind of helps me just keep track of everything to make it legit. So perfect. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank but, you. But what are the odds that she shows up from your childhood at a babysitter's, and the next thing you know, y'all link back up at that. Uh, medical place I don't want to put it in right. a negative term <laughs> that's all right but I think what are the odds that you know I'd come into contact with someone like Sarah Bressman Cosme and for 10 years be friends with her and then suddenly this whole thing comes out you know how how different are the odds of any of the other things that mm -hmm. I've encountered you know to me that doesn't even feel like it's a bit of a stretch it kind of feels like that's the uh you know, when you consider blowing up Atlantis and other things, I think that's the easier thing to stomach sometimes. And, you know, New York City, they kind of just, you know, in the 70s, their mental health services were kind of throw them all in one room and see who survives the night kind of a situation. So yes, yes. if you were a woman saying anything that wasn't, what do you want, what kind of beer do you want with your dinner, honey? That's kind of where you were heading off, it, you know? it's Right, right. It's not that hard to think that two people who weren't really crazy would end up in a psych evaluation center because they're having some, you know, crazy woman mutterings at the moment, which is kind of the impression I got for both of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it's now she worked for, I'm assuming a broadcasting station. Um, I'm assuming, was it news? Yeah. Uh, Okay. It felt like it was a news network that was in, you know, somewhere around Midtown Manhattan. And it felt like it was a bigger network that had several different smaller shows working within it. Okay. So I was looking at your current lifetime. So mm -hmm. you mentioned that you work for, you as a journalist, yep. and, you know, a writer and so on. So I'm like, man, what a coincidence that is, you know? Is it though? I don't think it's a coincidence. Look, I, I think look, look at, at the loops of that one. <laughs> right? We have so many things that we need to come to terms with and bring peace to our soul with. And, you know, I think 
many times we continuously pick the same careers, especially if it's a new kind of career, like television's new, you know, news is new. I wasn't doing that in the 1800s, you know, or the 1300s. I was definitely doing something a little different. So I think my soul would want to continue that, you know, and find more of that journey. And to be honest, when I got to the end of that journey in the news, I realized just what a bunch of like, like, lies a lot of it is and wasn't too happy to continue working in it so right yeah. right absolutely so you mentioned uh in the book we talked about the red crystals and i know that lady was looking for those crystals and so on that was one of my questions and i even asked that question to tracy you know it's like i know atlantis had all this advanced technology and so on and it was kind of like is that the stuff that we're supposed to explore, you know, some of that lost technology? And in your book, you mentioned that, no, like, like there's there's a, a fear connection to it and everything that it can be used for, for bad. So I'm like, oh, well, that answers one of my questions always had and everything. Because, you know, our future, and I, I like to read a lot of other people's books that talk about the future and so on. And... They don't they talk about crystals but they don't mention these red crystals they mention these other type of crystals and they mention this other type of technology as well in the future so i was like okay and, and from what i understand even in tracy's session it was kind of like you're you're going to be doing a combination of all three you know mm. so you're going to be exploring some old technology there's going to be some new and then there's going to be some even more new advanced technology that is a combination of ET and alien races as well. So I was like, okay, because she was on a mission. <laughs> she was determined to get that stuff for the red crystals and everything. And I'm reading a book and I'm like, even if she had it, what would she do with it? You know? Right. Like, what would you do with something like that? Especially if you don't know how to use it and you could yeah. end up just completely obliterating yourself with it. You know, I think that's kind of the blind, uh, right. I know it sounds fascinating. Agreed, a lot of people go into this kind of stuff and, you know, they, they want that that clarity, that inner work and all that kind of, you know, peace, love, light and healing. But you got to realize it's not everything is there that has a positive, you know, right. connection to it. In fact, a lot of stuff that we even have, you know, even on this earth right now, there's a very heavy, heavy negative connotation or like, you know, element to things because... You know, we, we've done some pretty messed up things and we've used, you know, crystals and technology to do that. So they're going to resonate with whatever, you know, you've mm -hmm. done around it. And we've done a lot of that. So I don't yes, know, just, yes. just some insight into my mind there, not an explanation, <laughs> really. <laughs> and I always thought it was interesting because in the movie, uh, well, not the movie, but the, the show Stargate, one of the things that powered the Atlantean city and Stargate, the, uh, the series, was these I can't think of the name and I was thinking of it earlier but these these red block crystals there's some other colors in the middle but they use these cores to power these devices and so on and it was red and I was like hmm I wonder if there's some kind of connection to it <laughs> I don't know I haven't seen the series but my husband actually made me watch the Stargate uh movie about two years ago Mm -hmm. And I do know like kind of what you're talking about with the dials and how it changes, but I didn't, with the red one, I'm a little unfamiliar. Yeah, so 
it, it powers their city. I don't, it powers some other things too, but they'll use it for these cities. Mm. And I don't know if it's in SG-1, but I think they do talk about it a little bit in SG-1, but definitely they talk about it in Stargate Atlantis, the series. And it was always on the back of my mind that these Rick Crossos, I'm like, I remember that show and I remember them having these red, I can't think of the name of it, but it's kind of like, core hmm. and had a design on the top it was flat and looked just like a, a raw crystal at the bottom and everything and they would put it into this device this machine and it would just power up their their city so and i think they needed two of them because it took a lot of power so and i was always wanted to tell you that i was like i don't know if you knew that but i always wanted to tell you that I didn't know that, but it's always interesting to find that stuff out because I look at a lot of that and people say, well, you know, how does that add up? And I say, well, you know, I'm not the only person that may or may not be receiving like messages from their past. Right, right. And the creative process is a very interesting and, you know what I mean, tricky thing. You know, where does the information actually come from when you write a song or a poem or anything? Like, is anything really original or are we all just In interpreting messages? Or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm just the message receiver and so were they. And, you know, maybe it's all just part of some bigger understanding that we're all just dancing around and pretending we don't remember, but part of us does, <laughs> you know? For, um, now, these red crystals, it sounds like they come from this red planet. Now, this red planet is not Mars because this planet is in another galaxy and so on. And there was these beings. I don't, I always wanted to know what did they look like, these beings on the red planet. I don't know if you knew, but I know they so, were like, they came from another planet for help. And, and I guess that was like one of the agreements, like, hey, you can stay at this red planet, you know, just mine this red crystal kind of thing. But what did, what were they kind of like? Well, in the session, I remember the first word, and I know it might be a little insulting, but the first word that I remember recalling about what they looked like was gremlinish, almost, um, that they were smaller and, and more like hunched over and scowlish. But I think that had more to do with the enslavement that they were experiencing rather than like how their physical bodies like, you know, would have naturally looked beforehand. I felt like with them, they had a very sad long journey on that red planet and the thing that I remember most clearly was that they had been not only like they were tricked but when the people from the home planet brought them and said yes we'll protect you you just have to stay on this planet we need your mm -hmm. help in exchange for your protection let's go and you know help us out mine this stuff they knew what they were doing they knew they were tricking them they knew the reason that we weren't mining it was because it would eventually you know kill us to utilize it for too long and they knew what they were doing so there there is so much like entrapment and fear left within those crystals that they mined and sent out into the universe that you know i think <laughs> It's it's definitely one of the reasons why so many of the red crystals that I write about in my like in both of these books, they they will always have kind of a negative outcome to them because they're they're sought out for all the wrong reasons every single time. Right, and it reminded me when I saw that part, like they put their energy into those red crystals with the fear and everything because they knew they were going to pass away they knew they were going to die you know from mining these crystals 
and the negative energy was imprinted onto him. And it reminded me of Dolores Cannon when she was talking about how, you know, nuclear energy, the nuclear bomb, you know, since we already used it for negative, that's it. It has that negative imprint. Yeah. It's like, congratulations. Now you got to find something else, you know? So it could have been used for greatness, but now we'll never truly ex understand the positivity of it. So now it's like, okay, since you messed this one up, now you got to use this. And when you look at it like that, like how many times have we probably come into that situation throughout the course of like just whatever we are is development and evolution through planet after planet. If you want to look at like, where did we come from before this and then before this and before this? I'm sure we're hitting some kind of evolutionary moment where we continuously use and utilize things like this and misuse them and learn, hopefully learn a lesson at some point. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, we look around us and, you know, I think there's examples of things that would mimic the red crystals technology all around mm -hmm. us that could really destroy yeah. us at the moment here as well. Right. So with fusion coming out and they're talking about fusion again, hopefully, uh, Hopefully we keep it on a positive note and don't mess anything up with that one. You know, maybe that's the the new series and evolution for us on that one. Let's circle back to three. So this is Toth, correct? But in your your dream, you call them three. Yep, that's what I was told to call call the being in my sessions. I didn't feel like it was either male or female, so I kind of mm -hmm. just refer to the being as a they or or it in in the book. I didn't know about uh, Toth, Toth, Thoth, what Thoth. I, I've heard so many different ways to say the being. Right, name. right. I think the problem From... is Toth, like you're taking an oath, but me and others we always say tote uh talk you know because it just depends you know we have the crew of talk and and everything some it depends on who you are <laughs> i've realized that because i've learned a little bit about about talk since then and mm -hmm. i can see since those sessions that i had with sarah where where i understood three and understood the role three had in guiding christy and what you would almost call like a guardian angel but you know, that has more of like a Catholic or Christian connotation to what the role of that being was. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, when I look at the other things that people write about and say that three would have done in different inc incarnations, yeah, that kind of makes a lot of sense to me. Three seemed like a being that would want to get things done. And, you know, if you don't do it that being's way, it's going to get a little bit difficult. But I see how that would be a match to my own soul's energy sometimes. So I don't know. I just look at it more of a personal introspective way rather than looking outwards all the time at it and seeing, you know, or looking or judging their, you know, <laughs> reincarnations of what they may or may not have done at some point. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but three, you think three is part of your lifetime in this one or was it majority always in Christie's lifetime? I would say Christie's lifetime. I think this lifetime is a fresh start. And I think you pick new, you go differently, you know, different energies and, and beings go towards different areas that they need to go to. And I think I'm dealing with a whole different, you know, crew this time. Gotcha. That's just the feeling I've got. Well, I don't have the official. <laughs> I wonder when, you know, when you was, you know, picking your lifetime, you're like three, I got this one. I know. that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's been. Help me write some of these books, about. maybe, you know, on the back end. But, you know, I got it on this one. Because I was I was always wondering if you 
continue to have the dreams in this lifetime of three and so on, or even even the star children. I don't know if you ever had any dreams about them as well in this current lifetime. I have actually not of three in this lifetime, but of the star children, um, I have dreamt about them. And that's been some of the inspiration for some of the sessions that I've done. Uh, you know, in the sessions, you're allowed to ask questions. And some of the questions would often relate to dreams I had had either as a child um, or just reoccurring dreams I've had since I was a child. And I just wanted to know what they were and what that was about. And that was one of them was understanding the star children in my life before I fully understood Christy. You know, it was a bit interesting to figure that out with Sarah and to learn that. I wasn't really at a full point in my life where I thought I believed it, to be honest, at that point, like in the early days, because I was still in a place of like, you know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a, I was a teacher, a business owner. I wasn't someone who went around and like did hypnosis or, or like, you know, went to alien conventions. You know, it just wasn't. What? Who I, What's wrong with those? <laughs> nothing. I actually kind of like I'm, I'm really happy I fell into all of this and I'm understanding it because I am very interested. I just didn't realize there was a whole, you know, a bigger bigger thing to it there's so, many layers to it <laughs> there is I just was kind of I feel like intentionally cut off from a lot of this for a lot of my life and I focused mostly my education on things that were related to you know journalism and and bringing light to people's stories of people who were being you know hurt in war situations people who you know just human interest stories was my mo my biggest focus so I was never really you know what I mean this kind of stuff when she's like oh that's just your alien family and hybrid children I'm like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> what you mean right hybrid children hybrid children and it's like oh okay well then I listened to the sessions over and it, it makes sense. You just, you're in a different place. You have information you didn't have, but, or you did have before, but you just couldn't access it. And once you understand it, you understand it. It's like anything else I feel like in my life, you know, you just get it and you're like, oh, okay. So that's what that was. Maybe that wasn't a dream. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. Interesting. These children that you was, uh, that were in your dreams and everything. Do you mm -hmm. think, cause I heard of I've talked to and I've heard of other individuals to talk about the, these dreams of like these these children, these star children and so on. And I want to see if your story kind of matches up with theirs or any similarities. But like they always felt like these children that they're dreaming of is like heard of like these are their children that's for the future. I've heard of these are the children that, yeah, they're hybrids and so on. Uh, are they going to live on ships or are they going to live on other planets and everything? Did you ever get anything like that in your information? A little bit, yeah. I, I had a very comfortable feeling that it was a very good situation that when I would have these strange dreams of these children, that it was all part of something I had agreed to and that it was something bigger than me, that it was something that it was, um, that these children weren't in a position where they would be harmed as well. Like everything just seemed okay. And I knew I was okay with it. So I didn't really question too much of it. I tried to just enjoy what the experience was. It, it, the real experience, to be honest, is just being with them, with these children. Right. There is something that just emanates from them in my dreams that it's like, it's, it's almost overwhelming. It's just this pure love, but so much more than love like it's it's 10 times thousand times more than right. love love is the closest thing we have to it is the only thing i could really associate it with mm -hmm. and you and that's the same thing that others have said like 
these children are so much more than this what we think you know it they belong to this whole bigger picture kind of like what you were saying like this bigger idea concept and it's so much bigger than us and so on so the reason why i thought that's pretty cool is that eventually when things settle down on my side i want to create a new series that talks about because you plus many others talk about these hybrid children and so on mm-hmm. and one day i'll like to explore that and interview and talk to individuals like yourself so we're gonna have to do another interview just for that subject alone which could probably take a two hours by itself you know imagine it could, <clears throat> it could go on and on and honestly i'm only in the beginning of my understanding i feel like of them so okay. when you're ready to do that i may even have, I may some have more a little bit more <laughs> maybe you can help find some more you know it's all mm-hmm. yeah just uh big journey <laughs> yeah because so far i have about four about four people lined up and you will make number five at least you know so and yeah. it seems like the list is growing and more and more because you know i know i know you talk about the star children and so on but it just wasn't clicking until i, until I was thinking about it a little bit more and then now since you're telling me about that they are hybrid children i thought it was just <clears throat> these energy beings that you were seeing at first and that they're just energy beings and just these little kids just playing around and just having a good time. And, and then on one hand, yeah, I guess it would be you as well. But um, but it sounds like you're their mother to these children. In the book, um, more yeah. or less, it's one of them just being with one of them. But okay. the, I think the perception of where she was in, in what she felt like was a dream, they kept her visualizing herself and her body now. So she would have been older, like a 20 year old uh, visiting these children. So you would have had more of a child to mother, but she was physically, she was uh, mentally remembering her time as a child, you know, in, in a, the earliest of colonizations of, you know, hybrid children being formed on the earth. Gotcha. It makes you wonder. I don't know if you explore this, but it makes you wonder. So in that past life as Christy, if that was her child, would it like if they took, you know, if they did an artificial insemination or if they took her egg and did it or, you know, because you hear stories where, you know, they felt like they were pregnant and then mm-hmm. the the baby develops for a few weeks and then they they kind of have this feeling that they are pregnant to go visit the doctor and the doctor says, oh, you, you were pregnant, but it's very strange. It's like, there's no baby. There was no, you know, like something's missing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't look like you had a miscarriage either, you know? So it makes you wonder if, if something was going on in the seventies around that time. And, and they took that baby around that time as well, you know? So it makes you oh. wonder. Definitely. No, I think there was uh, so many possibilities to that. And like, on top of it, like, like Christy, like, I think our genetics are very, (laughs) you know, like, you've done your DNA test, you can see where things are coming from in your lifetime and whatnot. But you know, there's also a, a huge guess of like, when we went from, you know, eight, like beings to more humanoid standing up, right, you know, Right, the missing. Oh, we still don't know what the missing link is, and to me, this. What's I tell you the truth? Reading, and this is just my thoughts, but reading, you know, Sarah's book, the information that you provided, 
And I feel like possibly, maybe that explains the missing link. You know, when these, whether it was your ship as when you was a commander in that lifetime, I know we're jumping around a few times. You I know, know right? like, who's this commander guy? You got to read the book. <laughs> read the so book. So when those ET uh, spaceships came to this planet, and it was part of the process, from what I understand, it was part of the agreement, the seeding of it, that they will come here and kind of like boost the human population up to the next level to evolve to the next step. And man, God only knows what kind of evolution that that was, you know, by them mixing their DNA with the, the local tribes and so on. I mean, that could explain part of the missing link as well. And, and it was always on the back of my mind. Now, the only difference is what, whether you're watching the History Channel or something else, you always kind of have the impression of that these ETs were on this ship and that they were taking humans, you know, combining sperm and egg and then say, okay, you're pregnant now. Here you go back to the civilization. But from reading the books, it's kind of like more of a, I guess you could say more of a natural process. Like mm-hmm. it came to this planet and then it was, it was interesting that the whole game plan was <clears throat> not to stick together, but to venture out and to mingle with the tribes and fall in love with the locals and, and create a relationship with the local inhabitants of that planet. So in a way, I'm kind of, I mean, that's just my opinion. I feel like that's where the missing link is, you know? That's why I'd there's like- such a jump. You know? Mutually assured survival seemed to make the most sense to me if people came here. You know, I, I think that they seeded this planet a long time before mm-hmm. they started upgrading the humans that developed. I think that they were part of that sprinkling that created the organisms that evolved yeah. and become humans. But I do think they've been responsible for coming back time and time again to make certain upgrades for genetic, you know, variations right, right. of things like that. Yeah. To me, it makes sense. I'm sure, you know, it's it's just my interpretation. It's definitely not a proven theory in any sense, shape, or form, but neither does, you know, science. This is all conversation, people. And <laughs> it's just theories. It's just things I think about after mm-hmm. no sessions. So one of those things that make you go, hmm. Right. What if? <laughs> what if we're just looking in the wrong direction and the answers are actually right in front of us? And that right. tends sometimes be the most logical answer to things i know i know it always makes me wonder or makes me think of james with uh east city ranch you know he says uh yeah everybody's trying to explore you know ets and trying to find et life he's like all you have to do is walk into the bathroom and look into the mirror and you'll see et life and i was like what does he mean by that? <laughs> you know, I'm not what an he alien. By that. <laughs> I'm not no alien. And then you learn, you read, some, you read some things, you hear some things. You're like, oh, that's what he means by that. Like, you know, the mixing of the DNA. The DNA was brought here. It's, you know, uh, didn't originate here, and so on. And you're like, oh, okay. Hmm. All right. Now I see what he's talking about. <laughs> exactly. You know, what's better than to have, you know, some organisms naturally develop and adapt to life here on this planet and then come back when things are going pretty good and upgrade them. You know, that's what we do with our cell phones every like, you know, two years at the most, you know, things are going uh, good. We got a better, let's make it better. Let's keep it going. You know, I know, I know. 
And I think there were also, there wasn't just one successful mission. I think there were so many of these, mm -hmm. you know, commander situations that happened either at that time, previously, and then also afterwards, you know, it wasn't the only seating to actually take place, but I think right. it was one of the more successful ones because it led to the creation of Amun and the leaders, the female, you know, matriarchal society that would become, you know, Amun, Mu, Lemuria, whatever you want right, to call right. it. Yeah. And look at the connection of that one, you know, I mean, that was kind of like the root, the root of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, one commander stayed with Lemuria and then the other, I don't know what, what a position he was. I think he was a scientist, right? He wasn't... He seemed like he was, he was an energy, Yeah, he, he was did. involved in energy creation. And right. that was what so his role was. He went mm -hmm. to the other section. I was like, what are the odds of that happening? You know? Well, <laughs> he I went think to that's Atlantis, the, you know? Yeah, so. that's the luck of, you know, the chasm of the, the vortex of these, what I would call like, you know, your stonehenges, what they were used for. What I found out in my sessions is that they were like ancient transport devices. And unlike an elevator, you couldn't pick a button. It just matched up to you energetically and uh -huh. brought you to the next opening that was the biggest match for what you were at that moment what your molecules were saying about you and would bring you there so you know it, it was necessary that one went to one and one went to the other because they were not going to do too well together anymore oh i'm glad you said that because in one of my books for guardians of magic i'm trying to you know sci-fi action story i'm trying to loop okay. in that stonehenge and i'm glad you mentioned that match part because that was one of the thoughts that i had in my mind i was yeah. like yeah you know how can i connect the two stories you know because i you hear some stories about stonehenge what happened in our ancient past and i was like okay what's some of the ways i can throw this stonehenge thing into it like why would they go to stonehenge and i was like maybe if they had a energy match and they were needed to go there yeah. you know not like their vibration but like hey we kind of need you to come here we know you want to go to hawaii where <laughs> it's all beautiful but we need you to go here <laughs> right you're not a match for them sorry buddy. yeah don't go there you you gotta yeah. go there. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to pittsburgh that's what you're a match for no there you go <laughs> and i love bundle up anyway <laughs> exactly so cold right now but not here oh man no i think there's definitely there, there's a lot what i've understood just from going to a lot of these places and traveling in my youth and seeing them and, and touching them and feeling them is realizing like just how strange the energy is around a lot of these monolithic places like the pyramids or stonehenge mm -hmm. this great sphinx and you know it, it's it's tremendous when you get near them because i felt like when i approached the pyramids myself when i was in my youth i felt like time kind of slowed down oh, around wow. me that it how old were you when you I, I was 19 Oh, wow. Yeah. Was it a school thing or was it family? No, I ended up getting a job and I um, went to Egypt. <laughs> so I worked for a radio station called, uh, uh, I think, uh, I can't remember the name of it, to be honest, because it was like 20 years ago now. But uh, I worked for a radio station for a little while there. Oh, sent you to all kinds of interesting places. That's what I love doing. Before I had children, I was everywhere. I couldn't be, you know, I wasn't in the same place for more than a month. I would go and work all over and travel. And, now, you know, do you, do you think, 
I know you did it for work, but do you think there's a hidden meaning, uh, like a energetic meaning for all that? Like, oh, sure, yeah. you did it for work, but you think you did it for also downloads or reconnection or anything like that as well? When I look back at the places I've been to that I just casually, I'm not even joking, just casually fell into and was brought to, there's no doubt in my mind that I was brought to these places to have certain realizations in my life at that time in order to either evolve past things, you know, just to grow as a person and to spiritually understand myself a bit differently so I could move on to, I guess, the next level of understanding of myself and people around me. All of these places, you know, I've been, I ended up just ca casually being brought to like Delphi in Greece, which I don't know if you know, oh. is like. My like brother's one... been asking about that. Yeah. He's on a little bit of a spiritual awakening. And that was one of his questions. He said, uh, he gave me some homework evidently. And I never, I never got the proper answer evidently. <laughs> but he said, explore the temple of Delphi. There's something written on it. And I was like, yeah. oh. Okay. Know thyself. That's what I told him. I said, but I didn't say it in exact words. I was like, to know yourself, but to be yourself. And he says, you're close, but that's not what I'm talking about. I was like, yeah. Mm. I said, okay. <laughs> yeah. Nope. That's he's correct. Going there, it is. There's a whole thing. It's really on where the uh, where the punctuation is on know thyself is really the whole trick to it. I'm not going to ruin it for you though. You got no, no, it. it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. So look at that. No coincidences. None. So you went to Temple, to the Temple of Delphi. And man, it sounds like you went to a whole bunch of places if that's the case. And I feel like I went to the all of these places for years as I look back through like the pictures I've taken over the years. And I'm like, you had no awareness of where you were, or what you were doing, <laughs> did you? Like, I, I really didn't. I feel like I was just blindly enjoying and going through and seeing all this stuff, but not really recognizing like entirely what it was until now. And I look back and I'm like, wow, that makes a lot of sense that you would need me to go there or I would need to go there. And I'd need to kind of, you know what I mean? Have that Ooh. experience there and see that for myself. Makes you wonder like, you go there to get some kind of closure or something or you know like some kind of closure like peace with it or something you know yeah. or maybe get some kind of energy from that and or leave some kind of energy connectivity with it there's something there. you hear about it all the time in different books she like there was a reason why this person went to uh egypt there's another reason why this person went to uh you know stonehenge and so on like they were connected to it so i'm whether or not you had a past life and all those different times to explore all those different but if you had a past life in lemuria and I, I don't know if you had one in atlantis but you know if it's been around for thousands of years you could have easily had one in atlantis times as well but if that's the case you know you easily greece you know, ancient Egypt, you could have had a past life as well. Oh, definitely. You're just connecting all these little dots now. I'm sure if that, you know, if I was around, I'm sure I chose the role I needed to take in those places. A lot of them, though, it's, it's interesting. I don't feel like a lot of it, um, like when I look at ancient Egypt and the pyramids and stuff, I don't feel this real pull that like, oh, I was there when they were building the pyramids and, you know, I renew the pharaohs yes. and all. Like, I, <laughs> I don't feel that towards mm -hmm. that, you know, or 
a couple of other bigger, you know, reigns. I did have a very big connection, though, with England when I was younger. I lived there for many, many years. And the day I got off the plane and I remember going and walking around, I could I couldn't shake it. I knew I had been here. Like I could recognize places. It was really strange. Like mm, that was well, a big one for me. Yeah, that's <laughs> the fourth book, the understanding of what England was in my life. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. The third one, I hope to understand what this whole thing with the Middle East really represented in my life and what this was and why that was shown to me when I needed that healing after I had given birth. You know, what is the deeper understanding and just who were those men and what they what did they want why did they want us you know and why did my father stand up to him that's another thing i really want to know because i remember in session not to like go off on a whole different rant but the sessions the session that we talked about this one was actually really disturbing it was a scene of like a battle scene had taken place and people were just dead everywhere like all over in this kind of you know blood and sand mixing on the ground everywhere around us and I didn't know why that was supposed to help me heal after I was like sitting there, you know, with with this C-section that wouldn't heal and having a kind of a rough time. But now when I look back, it's it was the perfect thing for me to look at and understand, because I think that was a lifetime where I really had to kind of buckle down and just deal with it and, and overcome no matter what. And this isn't a lifetime where I die suddenly or early or tragically, or I destroy, mm -hmm. I spend years imprisoned. I feel like this is the life, like a lifetime that was a real empowering lifetime for me as well. Right, right. And I kind of want that to be the tone in it as well. Right. Do you think, uh, when that, the connectivity to it, were you pregnant in that lifetime? Oh, definitely many times. I knew the last scene I was taken to in my lifetime before the session ended, mm -hmm. I was in a large, large, um, it, it was like an outdoor or indoor room and it had a large white arc above me, like a made out of stone. And I'm talking like 40, 50 feet up in the air, this large white arc covered me. And all of these young children that I assumed were my grandchildren or children I was connected to and they were all gathered around me playing right around and that was like the happiest mm. moment i had before i had passed in that lifetime so that was the ending to it oh that's interesting yeah because uh you know trying to connect the dots you know why that session came up maybe yeah you see section and you needed healing maybe it dealt with you think they were trying to take your child when they were trying to take people were they trying to take your child as well they i've realized later on like as i've re-listened to the sessions that they were, they were going to come back later on and they were going to try and take my children. And I think that's a big part of the book, <laughs> to be honest, is just how do you outsmart the Anunnaki when they've come for your children, you know? Well, yeah. yeah. Right wow, that's interesting. And maybe, maybe, because I'm thinking of your other session where the lifetime of, of Christy in New York City, I remember you talked about this uh, tumor that you had. Yeah and you was willing to explore anything and everything to fight this get rid of it take care of it whatever it took you was willing to do it and it's mm -hmm. kind of like that message was there and then by you exploring that past life as christy because of what they did to you and that uh medical center <laughs> yeah they did to you there you know 
and you was able to bring out all this great information as well and it's like you know if because if you think about it if you didn't have that that tumor at that time you probably would be like nah there's no reason for me to explore anything there's no reason for yeah. me to try this hypnosis stuff you know i'm good thank you sarah it was nice seeing I, you. <laughs> right like i didn't even go to sarah looking for the sessions to heal that she came to me wanting to do mm -hmm. her level three so to be honest you know, when you look at all the timing and the coincidences and everything else, it's right, just right. there's so much of a bigger plan out there than we can physically, mentally wrap our minds around at this point. You know, time is not a straight line and nothing just happens on its own. There is all reason, connection, and, you know, you may not like the reason or connection. It doesn't mean that there isn't one, you know? Right. Absolutely. So it makes me wonder, yes, you, with the C-section thing, it makes me wonder, if there if that was done for a specific reason as well for you to explore another session to get this other information about the Anunnaki and the Sumerian times out as well so it sounds like your body's like very much connected to you like all right hopefully you don't have to experience anything painful <laughs> no, <laughs> you know I, what know. I, mean? <laughs> I, I hope not but to be honest i think most of the strongest stuff comes from you know the times where we do go through painful things and mm -hmm. we come out of it and we've learned and we've grown and you know the best albums you hear from most musicians are the first ones when they're struggling and they're going through all kinds of shit and that's they come out true. with something genius and it's amazing and you know sometimes that's just kind of what you got to deal with in order to understand the beauty and the depth of something that's going on is you know it might have been a powerful or you know the painful lifetime but it all it all weighs itself out it all balances itself out in the end Oh, yeah. But there is no end. <laughs> <laughs> keeps on going. <laughs> Just keeps on going, so. So, now, in that book, um, the lady, you made your phone call to the lady so she can help you out. Um, I'm trying to think of her name. Julie, I think. Julie, yes. So, in the second book, in The yes. Gift of the Stars. So, after Christy gets institutionalized, she's allowed three phone calls from her doctor to call out. And she calls her mom and gets nothing. She calls her boyfriend's mom and gets nowhere. And then she calls the woman who hypnotized her mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and realizes after that phone call that she's on her own, that there is no one in the world who's going to come help her anymore. No. Yep. And now when you called her, she said that she was going to bring all this information forward. She had big plans and everything. Have you ever tried to explore that and see if she ever, that individual ever brought any information forward or if she wrote anything? I think she died. Mm. I think she died a couple of years after that. And I think it was in a car accident. And oh. I don't think she actually really went too far with any of it. I think she did try, but I don't think she was successful with it. Okay. Because you, um, I think, I don't know if it was you, I think Sarah told me this, but y'all explore the hospital and everything. So the hospital did exist and so on. Uh, and that you were able to trace it and find it. I always thought that was pretty cool. I'm like, what? Y'all were able to find it? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, Sarah did some work with uh, some of the things that I wrote about just to look and see because the lifetime was in the 70s. You know, it wasn't in the Atlantis. So we had right, records right. and things that we could look up. And so she kind of placed the hospital at the time and also the news network at the time 
you know, they're just theories. They're not, you know, I don't want to sit there and paint any institution as something it may or may not be. These are just paths, life, regression, memories coming to fold. But, you know, she, she did find a lot of connections between that lifetime and the things I was saying, the schools I was describing, things like that, the streets that I lived on, they all kind of fit together. Now, you did live in New York. You're not. Yeah, no. Here. So here's the interesting thing. <laughs> I was born and raised in Staten Island, New York, and all of this happened on the Lower East Side. I never went to school there. I never had friends there. Okay. I honestly, I went to other parts of New York City because my parents worked in Midtown and on Wall Street, but that was one area of the city like we never had to go through. We never had to take trains through. So it was kind of like we just skipped over it all the time. That's interesting. You should yeah. do a book just with all the connections between the two <laughs> yeah right and i would see why why i would want to stay in or even your... a page or an appendix or something you know yeah right no definitely there's similarities a lot of... between the two you know no completely i saw it and i think that was one of the reasons like why i am the way i am who i am has developed as a result of that that was one of the questions I wanted to know, like going into the session, like who was I and how does that affect who I am now? And did I get the answer? You know, you yeah. are, you're in, you're in this constant quest to kind of evolve. And if you don't do certain things, you have to do them over again. And sometimes you go with what you know, and sometimes you go with something completely new because you need a change. And I think with some things in my life, I went with what I knew and I needed to finish up or have some kind of, you know, uh, you know, inner peace over. And then other things I've done completely different this time around. And I think that's made all the difference in the success I've seen in this lifetime in regards to what Christy experienced in her lifetime. What does your family think about all this, like all this new information, the books and everything, you exploring this journey? I don't, I don't know if your parents are, you know, still alive or whatnot, but, you know, what, what did they think about all this? <laughs> you know what? My parents liked it. My mom's read, bought and read all my books. My siblings have as well. They're really supportive of what I do. They know that like, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm a woman who's gone. I have, you know, high education. I have numerous degrees. Like this isn't something that defines me. This is just an experience I've had and I mm -hmm. want to talk about it. Beyond all of this, I still have plenty of things that keep me in a place where I feel like I don't look like the crazy cat woman waving all these aliens <laughs> around. So my husband, very supportive of it as well. He is actually the first person now who gets to read all my work because uh, he, I feel like we've actually bonded quite a bit over it. It's opened up a whole new form of discussion for us and a whole new way of looking at things that I think has brought a very healthy element to our relationship. So Nice. You know, if you're looking for that inner work, that kind of, you know, twin flame, whatever that is, like, try, you know, this is the kind of stuff you need to talk with people about that you're going to have these relationships with. If you can't, I don't know. Right, really right. think about that, you know? Absolutely. <clears throat> so they read some of the books. Do they feel any connection to it? Like, oh, this relates to my dream or like this relates, like, has they said anything or yeah. have you had any sessions where I think that's my sister, you know, like in this previous lifetime. Have you run into anything like that? Interestingly enough, I have. So with my sister, one of my sisters, um, after she finished reading the book, she called me up and she said, listen, in the first book, I talk about um, how Kala had an older sister named Aruna and Aruna died when she was a young child. 
Um, and that's why Kala was born, was to replace the child who died, who would become the matriarch, the queen, the leader of Amun. And my sister said, for years, I have been getting phone calls from someone who calls and asks for Aruna and then hangs up. And then, right. And then, and then there were also some other things with names too in the books that had weird connections to her life. And then she said with the second book, my niece, who's just a little, like, she's just a little four-year-old, she wouldn't stop putting the book down and like, just, I don't know. She said she had this weird connection to the book and kept asking about the girl in the book. And who's the girl? I want to know more about the girl in the book. And like, my sister said, she never does that kind of stuff. And it's Which just, girl? uh. The girl, uh, the, these girls in the book. Oh, okay, okay. She didn't know who they were. And uh, I, there's some other things too from other people. I think they're a little too personal to talk about because mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, they're not necessarily my stories. I'd want to let ask people first before I share them. Mm -hmm. But my mm -hmm. husband has definitely come around to the idea and concepts of, you know, or being more fluidly talking about past lives with me and, you know, what may have been a past life for him and where we may have been connected. So I think that's more interesting for us too, to kind of <laughs> compare and contrast and see what we think there. So nice, nice. Has he ever explored a past life as well? He's never done a session. And honestly, I don't think he probably ever will. That's not really his thing, but <laughs> he's very confident in what he like knows is something from like another time, you know, just, I guess, either in warrior instincts or <laughs> yeah. fishing instincts or, you know what I mean? Just, just different well, things he does. Right. Right. He might explore past life and he was not a warrior. He was something else, you know? <laughs> like the le yeah, exactly. Like he's recently become obsessed with surfing over here. And like, I think, that definitely was something for him at one point or another. I don't think you just take to these things. I think they call to you and you kind of resonate with them. And Yeah, it makes you wonder, makes you think. Right, yeah, just you different know. things. But we I've definitely that. had that from a lot of, like different people connecting with me saying, listen, I've had these weird dreams all my life. I've dreamt of the wave of almond my whole life. I get emails, I'm not even joking, like every other day from readers who write to me and tell me this whole long story about their lifetime in Atlantis or Lemuria. And it's great to listen to, but it's it's literally, it's it's a, it's almost shocking sometimes when I see it. I'm like, is it just me and you having these things? Or is it me, you, you reading it and understanding it and then having this understanding? Or is it just us all coming together and starting to remember this as a collective? and it's because we're becoming more open, you know, as a society about this kind of stuff. So it all goes back to some information that I received a long time ago that, you know, e e whether it was World War II or even in the 70s, because it, it was very interesting that you was exploring this information even in the 70s. It makes you wonder if that information did come out in a positive way, like a book mm -hmm. release, anything, what what that information would have done to the population and so on but it kind of makes you re realize that it's like oh you know i remember sessions where they said it's time for us to remember our past and to remember lost information that has been lost from y'all on purpose and there's reasons for that as well and mm -hmm. you know and even with your books all this great information coming through it's like oh it's like yeah yeah i kind of need to remember this and remember y'all part of this bigger story you know mm -hmm. a lot of lost history has been lost throughout uh, the thousands and thousands of years and you know 
by you knowing this information, it's kind of like there's some healing, some relief, and some awakening that that is in, embedded in with it all. So, but yeah, it's very interesting. Then it sounds like more and more information is coming through, and just makes you wonder, like, man, what else are we missing the boat on? <laughs> yeah, you know, right? what else is? It's all just steps. We have to go through one we have to understand it and then the next thing that we need to understand starts to become available to us and it's just a continual process so you know we knock them down and keep <laughs> going see where it leads so my question to you is i know and i know you know you kind of new to the scene a lot of this information is new to you you never really explored it you know what is your thoughts like where do you think all this information is taking us and like where do you see the f future of all this stuff like the future of mankind humanity you know earth like what are you getting like what is your sense of like hey this is how, what you think and how you feel of where we're going in the future well, I know we talked about this a little bit. I just wanted to know, did anything else come through? Did anything change your mind? You know, what are you thinking? I think we are just continuously learning and growing from this information to a point where we are just going to evolve into beings that no longer need to function the way that we function. And I think our bodies and our minds are completely capable of it. And we're just not there yet. And I think we need to go through these things and learn these things. And we've had a really long, difficult history as beings on this planet kind to get to, trying to get to this point. And the longer, you know, I, I think we're, we're just heading towards this evolvement where we become less vicious, more understanding, more compassionate, mm -hmm. and, you know, not necessarily perfect, but we, we get to a point where we've gotten past the immaturity that we experience as a species right now. The reason why I asked that question is because I know you're kind of new and I know, I think the birds vouch for, I'm assuming that was birds in the background. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it sounds like they were chirping away at it because, you know, it's, it's always interesting to get someone else's viewpoint of it that's seeing new information and, and exploring a certain avenue of information and what how they see things and what are they gathering from it so but yeah it sounds like that's exactly where it's all lining up to be that we will evolve that we're all that we need to know this information because when we do evolve we're going to be remembering more and more of it and then certain individuals will be waking up and they'll be like what does all this mean like yeah like, what does this you know who who are these children i'm seeing in my dreams or who's this um warrior or individual in, in atlantean times that i'm seeing you know what is this you know you know what's this big wave and so on you know mm -hmm. um and it just makes you really realize how much of like the patterns connect with everything you yes. know all the connectivity <clears throat> so with that being said, you also mentioned that people are writing you and sending you messages. So if someone's watching this video, how can someone, what's the best way for them to connect with you? 
oh, that would be great if they did, wanted to connect with me. I love reading stories of just what people have remembered about their past lives in Atlantis and Lemuria. And even, you know, from my books, if you read my books and you feel kind of triggered from something or you resonate with it, please reach out. My email address is Sullivan. Uh, just like my name.com. And um, you can reach out to me there. And on there, there's a contact thing. You can find my email. I've got a PO box listed. You know, you can send me a message through the website if you want, and you don't want to deal with any of those other things. But I'm always interested in hearing from people because for me, this has always been since it became something, it's been something I've really had to look at with both my skeptical mind and with, you know, mm -hmm. my, my, my metaphysical new understanding mind and I have to really find balance in it. And when I hear from other people and I read things that kind of resonate with me, it helps to balance out this new way of thinking I've had to come across because, you know, the skepticism doesn't always bring you to a better feeling place of understanding. <laughs> it sometimes just shuts you off to things that, you know, are trying to help, so. Perfect. And for the email, it won't be listed below because I don't want you to get a bunch of bots <laughs> emailing you. Thank so, you. I appreciate it. But your website will be down below in the description just to make it easier for everybody. And if you're listening to this on podcasts, this would be part of the, since we talked about Atlantis, Lemuria, this would be part of Guardians of Magic. And the full interview will be on Guardians of Magic's YouTube channel. But for the podcast, just look for G-O-M. And then after that, for all the metaphysical stuff that we talked about, would be on Curie Network because YouTube likes small videos now, not these big, long videos, evidently. I always wanted to ask you this, and it was cool that you wound up in Hawaii, but did you know or did you realize that New York is kind of like the Atlantean energy the atlantean type of mindset but lemuria their vacation grounds was kind of like hawaii so and i always thought that was pretty cool you wind up moving to hawaii you was born in new york yeah now you wind up living in hawaii so i find that pretty cool i don't know if you ever knew that like yeah, I figured that out eventually, like people started telling me all about Hawaii and Lemuria and its connections. I was always raised in, like I was raised in New York and, you know, in, all around the Atlantic. I had never went into the Pacific. I'd never been to Hawaii before we moved here. And mm -hmm. after I published my book, I got an opportunity about three months later, my husband's work uh, came through my husband's work and they, he, we basically sold everything and he decided to come over here and do fishing <laughs> instead of doing it over there. So it really, I wasn't looking, I wasn't trying to move. I wasn't seeking it out. Um, it, it just, once I got the story out, it opened up for me. And to be honest, the biggest thing I've gotten out of all of this, all of my sessions, everything I've understood about my past lives, all right, this is the biggest thing for me is to have a simple and amazing life this lifetime around that so much has culminated and so much has happened. And it's just mostly at this point is for me to enjoy everything around me and to really seize the moment and mm -hmm. have that. And that's what I'm doing in this lifetime. Like, I love it. I really am happy. And I've found a lot of inner peace over a lot of different things. And I feel like, you know, you do the work and things kind of open up for you. Yeah. And what are the odds that 
your husband finds a job in Hawaii and he gets told to move to Hawaii and you're like, sure. <laughs> I know we had Perfect. lived together like almost for nearly 15 years. We had lived together or no, 12 years in the Keys. So it wasn't like we moved around a lot either. You know, we had had our children in the Keys. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't something we were really actively looking to do, but the, when the opportunity presented itself, we went, yes, definitely. This is where we need to go next. We were 100% yeah. on board. <laughs> So this could be your vacation lifetime living at a vacation place. <laughs> I think this is the lifetime <laughs> where I get to have the simple family and child that I wanted to when I was in that lifetime as Kala and I couldn't allow myself to have it and it was taken away from me. And I think this is where I get to finish that up. Perfect. Wow. So <clears throat> what's on, on your agenda? You you know, you got these books going, are you doing any speaking engagements? I know you, you, you trying to relax and take it easy, but are, are you doing anything else? Seminars, anything? Not really. I'm just kind of working on the books right now. And I just work what I can kind of around my schedule with my kids and my family. And I just want to put them first at the moment while they're little, while they're growing and have that kind of bond with them. And, you know, I know the books will still be readable in the next couple of years so I do what I can on the side and mm -hmm. if I don't get to it I save it for the next day and that's pretty much my schedule right now <laughs> gotcha awesome but definitely keep me in mind because I'm looking forward to the third the third book and I appreciate you autographing the book for me yeah. I appreciate that yay always exciting yeah. <laughs> Was there anything that you wanted to talk about, mention, discuss, anything that we did not talk about today? Hmm. I don't know. I think we covered a lot of it. I hope people know what we were talking about. <laughs> right? We kind of we were we were pretty in depth with a lot of all we're the information. About the books, people. <laughs> right. If you're if you're missing any any little bits of pieces read the books, reach out to me. I could fill it all in. But I think that's kind of what I'm looking at for the future right now and what we've already mm -hmm. discovered about the past and anything else I figure out about my journey, you know, I'll write about it. I'll tell you about it. Oh, the blue planet. What planet you think that was? I know it's nowhere near here. And mm -hmm. I know that they had to go through some kind of a wormhole to get here. And when you came here... It was very difficult to go back because too much time had passed on the other planet. Oh, that, that's interesting. That's what I do know about it. I don't have a name for it, but I do remember seeing like the glowing blue of it. And next to it was the smaller red planet that was like glowing red off in the distance. So that was like the closest it had to it. But right. I don't know where it is or what you would technically want to call it. I'm sure people would want to give it a name. Maybe I can get one in sessions. Names tend to be the hardest thing. For I know. Me. I know. Hopefully it gravitates to you. Because I asked Sarah what it was and she said, she told me what it was. I was like, okay. And I just wanted to get it from your viewpoint as well. I'm not sure, to be honest. Okay. Um, some people think it may have been the Pleiades. It may have mm -hmm. been, you know. Yeah, New that's York. what we were thinking. Oh, that it yeah. could be Palladian star system and everything from that i think it is but 
I also have trouble kind of saying like yes or no to a lot of that specific stuff because maybe it was, but I'm not, I've also noticed some of the things in my sessions tend to allude to things in this lifetime, not necessarily because it's that thing or it's related to, or that's a clue to it. Right. So not like you gravitate to it kind of thing. I'm still in an interpretative phase with all of this. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think it was the Pleiades. We'll leave it there. Okay. I thought it was pretty cool in your book, how you were talking about there's a blue planet and a red planet. I'm like, what are the odds that we, you know, we have a blue planet and there's a red planet as well. So like, I was like, that's uh, another similarity right there, you know? Yep. And you know what, actually in some of Sarah, I think she even wrote about it in one of, I think her second book, she actually does talk uh, with me about the red planet here and Mars, you know, and and Mm -hmm. their history. So if you're interested in learning more about that, check out her second book, A Hypnotist's Journey to the Secrets of the Sphinx, and you can learn more about that kind of information too. So we didn't just keep it as the the mysterious red planet. We did talk about the local one too. A lot of yes, yes, and that's a whole nother conversation, a whole nother story right there. That's that's you probably have twenty books on that on that subject alone you know i just don't have enough time <laughs> to write it that's literally the well, only the, the lost history of mars and everything is fascinating as well so mm, that's, that's a whole another story i can tell you right now i've got about six books just outlined in just in this series you know what i mean with the th- uh the two i've done already and the third one i'm working on i could probably do six no problem and then i'd probably have to do some more sessions so. <laughs> <laughs> nice nice yeah um one last question before i let you go because i know we can talk all night the candle so when you see a candle do you feel gravitated to now you know what i do a bit more now but i think more in this lifetime was like actual like fire and fireplaces i think i i experienced more of that connection growing Mm up to like uh campfires and whatnot than actual candles like you would stare into the campfire and everything yeah, and then things would kind of start to move around or change or you'd see something that wasn't there and you're like, ah, oh, look, you know, it's the marshmallows, it's the sugar, <laughs> it's the fire. <no. laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Not, I would do that when I was younger, stare at the fire and everything, but not, nothing ever came from it, but always thought it was cool just to look at it. But I noticed like whenever I daydream, I kind of like, my mind would just wander off and and I'll snap out of it, especially when I was in school. So, oh yeah, that's the yeah. best place to do it. <laughs> uh huh. Even yeah. though you're supposed to be learning, <laughs> I learn it in a different way. Uh huh. Oh man. Hold on, teacher. I'm I'm trying to remember something from a past life. I'm daydreaming. Right. <laughs> you you failed me in another lifetime too. Hold on, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right, cool. Well share everything one more time your website and everything like i said it would be in the description but uh just tell the people one more time where where they can find you you got it my website is jlfsullivan.com and you can find all my links for social media on there how to get in contact with me you can read more about the books you can read more about me you know whatever you want and uh you can also read about the companion books, too, that go along with it, Sarah Bressman Cosme's books, and just any other information that's up and new. I write a blog also through the website oh, that's okay. like, 
it's not as much metaphysical stuff, but it is, it follows the homestead that I'm growing here on in Hawaii. And oh, just my so they can touch base with your life over there. Yeah, you can see just kind of what Hawaii has become for me and, you know, the, the, the roots I'm planting here and the land that surrounds me. So many things here are just kind of amazing. And you look at the, you know, the petroglyphs and the ancient like buildings oh. that they've made and I see a lot of connections to a civilization that they may have learned from before the, you know, the, the indigenous Hawaiians came here over a thousand years ago. So I wow. think there's a lot of clues still on this island for me to uncover. Oh, man. Another yeah. two more books right there. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so very, very interesting. Well, thank you very much for reaching out to me. I appreciate it. You know, I don't know how many interviews you've done so far, but I do appreciate you reaching out to me. Uh, definitely keep me in mind for the third one. I definitely look forward to it. And I think that book will probably answer some of my questions that's been in the back of my mind, theories and questions that I always had, just never found the right information for it. So it would be pretty cool to be like, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> nice. So. I thank you for taking your time to read my books and for taking Oh, my words into consideration and i'm glad it could have that effect for you thank you i'll always i'll always think of you because it's oh you were one of my first interviews i ever did for any of the books so All you've right. always <laughs> my heart right there nice perfect well don't hang up we're gonna wrap this up so if you're watching this video like i said the uh, her website is going to be listed down below not her email address <laughs> but the website will take you to your email address and you can contact her via email over the on the website. Thank you very much for everything, for watching this video. Check out her books. So this is the second one that we talked about the most. So we tried to focus on this one. And don't forget, she this is her first one and her third one's in the work. So <laughs> I want everybody to have a good night and take care. <laughs>